This is an Age of Sigma podcast, which may contain explicit language. Hi guys, welcome to the Mortally Wounded podcast. I'm James. And I'm Chris. This is a, uh, a little segment that we recorded um, after we interviewed Luke in our previous episode. Uh, basically, yeah, it was going to blow it out to be quite a long episode, so we thought we'd make this a separate... Uh, a separate mi- show. Yeah, sort of mini-sode, I suppose you could say. Uh, it's still a good hour and a half, two <laughs> hours, I think, so it's it's fairly lengthy, but it would have been too much, I think, after the end of the last show, so... Yeah, um, but it's basically, it's just a Chris and Luke are discussing the new Zinch battle tome, and their, their thoughts and... Uh, ideas about lists and whatnot i haven't actually heard this yet so i'm actually looking forward to listening to it myself so yeah it's not a full kind of super in-depth here's this list here's this list um but we do go through kind of all of the battalions all the war scrolls um we talk about a few tips and tricks um and some of the cool things from the battalion so yeah hope you like it guys and we will see you on the next episode bye okay so we're back from the break and luke's still here with us um and he's gonna help me, as James doesn't really, he hasn't really had a chance to kind of go through the battle time. Um, me being the more competitive focused member of Mortally Wounded, um, I'm going to do the review of Disciples of Zinch Battle Time with Luke, as it is his next army, um, and we have discussed it quite a lot already. Um, we thought as we have him on, it'd be great to kind of have him review it with me. So Instead of me talking for once, as I do a lot of it, Luke, I'll let you kind of start the review. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll start with the most notable thing in the army, which is the allegiance abilities and uh, battle traits that they have. Yep. Um, so, Masters of Destiny. Destiny. Um, if your army is all Zinch allegiance, um, you get to roll nine dice at the start of the game. I'm not going to re- read it in detail. This is just a yeah. <laughs> paraphrasing. Um, paraphrasing. Phrasing. Yeah. Uh, so nine dice for the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they can be used for casting rolls, unbinding rolls, run roll, charge roll, hit roll, wound roll, save roll, damage roll, or a battle shock test. Um, obviously, if you're using it for a charge roll, you have to use two dice if you want to replace both dice. It's just one. Yeah. Otherwise. So it's... You, the main thing is you have to declare you're going to use a destiny dice instead of rolling. You don't get to roll the yeah. dice and then say, oh, I'll swap that result for a destiny dice. You have to say, I'm going to use a destiny dice instead of making this roll. Now, you can split it. So in the case of a charge roll, obviously you roll 2d6. You can instead just say, right, I'm going to take this, say, 4 from my destiny pool and roll one other dice. If you know you needed a 5-inch charge, you can go, cool, I'll take a 4 and I know... I'll get a five because the minimum I can roll on one dice is one, so I'm already sorted. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, one specific thing it does say is you can only do it for a zinch unit. Um, so even if you left points for summoning and you summoned on stuff that wasn't zinch, it wouldn't break your allegiance. You'd still have access to all the abilities because allegiances are determined at the start of the battle and summoning doesn't affect it so you could bring on say a bloodthirster as we were discussing the potential behind 
because, say, in Sense at Rage, those wound rolls of sixes doing a big eight-inch mortal wound explosion, we thought that could be quite fun if you could just pick sixes from your destiny pool. But unfortunately, it does specifically say you can only do it for Zinch units. So no bloodthirster shenanigans. No. How sad. I know. We were getting quite excited and then sad panda. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, that's still a really cool Allegiance ability, um, and I think it's going to be really interesting to see what players use those dice for. Um, personally, I think, um, and it, like we've already seen on the, the UK live stream a couple of times from Warhammer TV, using them for charge rolls rather than hits and wounds, I think is quite a good idea because you're better off guaranteeing you get into combat to at least be able to roll any dice rather than risking the charge to then use some dice to change a couple of those hits and wounds. So, um, The damage roll one is interesting as well because I think on the live stream, the first time out anyway, I believe, well, I think it was when Ben Johnson was playing, I think he used one of the... I, I might be wrong, but I think he used one of the destiny dice that was a six on a d6 mortal wound spell and in my in my in my mind that's not a damage roll because it's the damage roll is specifically part of the attack sequence of you roll to hit you roll to wound and then you roll damage whereas a spell inflicts d6 mortal wounds it just is a d6 it's not a damage roll i don't think anyway i actually disagree with you because a mortal wound is still damage and there is nothing that states that that sequence is the only way that it is deemed a damage roll as well, because mortal wounds are still damage that allow no saves, basically. Yeah. Um, I, um, and there is adjustments both ways. So, and, and, and you're right, they did do it on the live stream. And I I thought that someone even, they adjusted as, a, as an actual example with the, the guy who designed the rules in an interview on the live stream as well. Okay, I might have missed that. Um, I mean, I'm I'm happy to run it either way. I just my first initial reading of it was, oh, okay. I'm not sure if that can be used for a spell um, or or not. So I think, I, to be honest, I would be, expect quite a few FAQs quite quickly after this book anyway. Um, and I I think that's yeah, something sure. that could be FAQ just to just to a hundred percent clarify yes or no for that sort of thing. Yeah, I think I think that needs to be FAQ'd because literally it looks like the community's in half exactly on what which way it should go. So yeah, but yeah, and the battle shock test is another good mechanic because those six dice are, they're going to be useful. Like pretty much anything you roll, I think the the result that's probably going to be the least useful is like a three, um, because yeah. ones and twos are still good for battle shock. A two's still good. It might not get you demons back, but it's still a good roll for anything else. Um, and ones for your demon units, if you're taking demons of Zinch, will be really good for Battleshock tests. So I think it's a really cool battle trait. Like, it's so different to anything I think we've ever seen. It's totally Zinch. Yeah. And it's, I think that core mechanic is going gonna, is gonna to be the main thing that really separates kind of the top tier players with this army. Yeah, I think so too. Knowing how to, how and when to use your um, destiny dice at the right time is going to make the good players shine with this sort of list. Yeah, and I think, as we'll touch on a bit later in the review, there's 
a number of different ways that you can actually replenish and change those dice throughout the game as well. Um, so it'll be interesting again to see the kind of builds because there are so many options with this book. The kind of builds the top tier players go for is do they go for all of the mechanics around just adding to that pool and manipulating that pool? Um, the kind of lists I write are within points restrictions. Um, that's the way I'm going to go is taking as many of the abilities to just generate additional dice or change the dice because I think it's the core mechanic of the army it's the thing that really appeals to me about it so I want to do everything I can to have as many of those destiny dice as possible and just to keep changing them and keep rolling them um, it'd be really cool I think yeah yeah but yeah okay so that's the main kind of battle trait really masters of destiny so now the command traits, there's three tables of them. So we've got one for Zinch Arcanites, one for Zinch Demons, and one for Zinch Mortals. The first three are the same for all of them, so I'll just read that out once. So the first one is Arch Sorcerer, yep. which lets you generate two extra spells um, from the Chosen Law. So for the Arcanites or Mortals, that's Law of Fate, and for the Demons, it's the Law of Change. The next one is Nexus of Fate, which basically says, if your general is on the battlefield at the start of your hero phase, roll a dice. On a 1 or a 6, you can choose to replace one Destiny dice from your pool with the number you rolled. So that's 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 the sort of thing I'd be looking at, because that's great. You just roll a dice, you get a 1 or a 6, any of those kind of 3s, 4s that you're not really sure you're going to use, just switch it in. You've either got a good Battle Shock result, or you've got a 6, which can be used for loads of great things like damage, or anything you need, um, really. There's quite a few things that having 6s will be really strong for, so... Um, and then magical supremacy so you your general can attempt to unbind enemy spells that are cast within 27 inches of them instead of 18 that's pretty cool as well because yeah. um, it means they can yeah. be they can be a bit further back so they can be out of damage range anyway and then still stop people using damage or spells against characters or units further ahead of them um, so that's cool yeah. Pro probably not probably not one of the ones I'll take um, but it's still quite cool um, yeah so then for the Arcanites we've then got Boundless Mutation which is basically a healing mechanic um, we've got Cult Demagogue which lets you add plus two bravery to all Zinch Arcanites within nine of your general and then Arcane Sacrifice which you can inflict D3 mortal wounds on a friendly unit within three inches of your general if you do, that's in your hero phase. If you do, you can re-roll any failed casting rolls for your general for the duration of that phase and increase the range of any spells they cast by 9 inches. That's pretty cool. I think there's potentially yeah. some stuff that that could be really good with. Um, spells that typically have short range or if there's any spells that affect multiple units. Just doing a D3 Mortal Wounds onto a friendly unit, like especially if it's a unit you can add back to, um, Zangor being the main one, that we'll come on to later um, anything where you can kind of just replenish those wounds you inflict and get to increase spell range that's quite cool um, do you want to go through the, the demons and mortals ones yeah sure uh, so demon spark is the fourth one for the zench demons uh, once per battle in your hero phase you can unleash the demon spark add one to the damage characteristic of all your general's melee weapons for the rest of the turn so that could be pretty good if you want to run like a combat Lord of Change, which you can do in this list. 
Um, or your other option is uh, in corporal form, which your opponent must subtract one from any hit roll to target your general in the combat phase. So that's another good option for a combat uh, demon. Um, at the tether, you can re-roll save rolls of one for your general. So, yeah, it's all right. That's probably not one I'd really take. I think I'd rather, if I'm running demon general, I'd probably go either Nexus of Fate or in corporal form most times, I think. I think they're probably the two standouts for me. Yeah. Um, then with the portals, yeah. What do you think? You, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think, as I've already said, I think the main one for me is Nexus of Fate, and the fact that you can take it for Arcanites, Demons, or Mortals means it's pretty much going to be my go-to. Um, anything we talk about that manipulates those Destiny dice are probably going to be my picks. Yeah. Uh, then with the Zench models, we've got Blessing of Zench. Uh, each time your general suffers a wound or a mortal wound, roll a dice on a roll of a six, the wound is ignored, so basically a Chaos Talisman. Yep. Uh, uh, each time you make a wound roll of a six or higher for your general's melee weapons, the target suffers one mortal wound in addition to any other damage it suffers. So that could be pretty good on like a Chaos Lord, potentially. Yeah, especially as you could, like, you can make those wound rolls sixes, or if you've got something to yeah. manipulate the wound roll and make it fives, any of those fives and sixes in your destiny dice, you know, you can just use those for your wound rolls. Not only is it guaranteeing a wound roll getting through, you're causing mortal wounds plus the damage for that attack, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, then you've got Illusionist, so your opponent must subtract one from any hit rolls from your target in the shooting phase. So just kind of like the flip of the coin to in corporal form, really. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I think I'd probably, if in the mortals, I'd probably take, again, like you say, the Nexus of Fate or Soulburn would probably be the two I would take, one of the two. Yeah, I think depending on my list, I might be tempted if I needed it to take Arch Sorcerer. Um, just, just being able to pick two extra spells from your general um, could be quite good, especially as I think some of the things we'll touch on later, it will help to have a mortal general um, that knows quite a few spells. Um, especially if you want to take yeah. someone like Kairos or the Changeling or any of those kind of demons that can't actually access the Law of Fate themselves, but they know the spells of other wizards. Um, it's quite a good way of bumping up their casters or the Lord of Change. I mean, he can't know their spells, but um, it's it's more for those other wizards. But it's um, it's cool. It it does help you just take one wizard as your general potentially, and get three spells from the Law of Fate in a demon army. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Cool. So that's all of the command traits. Um. So yeah. we'll move on to the artifacts of power next. These are for the Arcanite. Yeah heroes and um, you've got treasures of the cult or for the zinch mortal heroes you've got fated artifacts um, we won't go through all of them um, I think none of these really kind of um, none of them really took me as yes I guarantee go for this um, I quite like it though because again there's a lot of vari variation between them um, so Secret Eater potentially could be good for Arcanite heroes, so each time a hero is slain by this weapon, you may roll another dice and immediately add it to your pool of destiny dice. Um, again, it lets you just top up that pool, but you have to be picking a, a melee weapon and you have to be killing heroes, so if people don't have a lot of heroes or they have really tough heroes that yours don't really want to run into combat with, it's not really a great use of one of your items. Um, 
Yeah. Nexus staff for the Zinch Mortal Heroes is quite cool. It's similar, so again, each time a hero is slain by this weapon, you can unleash the soul it has stolen as a burst of power. Roll a dice for each enemy unit within 9 inches, and on a 4 or more, the unit being rolled for suffers D3 mortal wounds. So if you can go in with someone and potentially just nuke a cheap hero that's standing in the middle of a bubbled-up army, that could be good, because you can just do a big 9-inch bubble on a 4-up of D3 mortal wounds to everything. Um... Was there a wind feature either? That that could be pretty useful. The wind once per battle, you can use the charm to double their move characteristic, and they can fly. So I mean, Zench is pretty fast already, but you could use that to potentially just yeah assassinate a lone hero, like a crucial hero with a lesser cheaper hero of yours that's on a disc. Yep. So you'd have a thirty-two inch move once once per game. Um, if you yeah. dub- if you doubled up a sixteen inch move. Um. Yeah, it could be cool. Um, there's little tricks that you can potentially do with the um, uh, the Gaunt Summoner on disc. Um, yeah. Because they have said, although they've updated the War Scroll on the, um, on the app to only be the one version in this book, there are multiple versions. You've got the Silver Tower version, and then you've got the original version in the Ever Chosen book that is on a disc. Um and it's actually a question I asked the GW community Facebook page and they said that they've looked at it and said yes they're all printed so actually you can use any of the three versions um, for the same points cost just to clarify that the model they made on disc is still legal Um, so you you can use him um, and his ability with the warp tongue blade can potentially instant kill something um, if you manage to roll above its bravery so if there's any kind of heroes there that don't have great bravery you can guarantee the the hit and the wound roll with destiny dice of a three and a four um and then if they fail their armor save and you get lucky you can potentially pop off heroes with it and stuff so could be a little hundred point assassination uh, like assassination piece there yep um any of the other items kind of take your take your eye not really um not in not for the uh, Arcanites or the um, mortals. I'm more. I was really loving the demonic gifts. <laughs> yeah, I think um, paradoxical shield could be quite good, just because it's add two to any save rolls you make for the bearer. Um, however, yeah. you must re-roll all successful save rolls for them. But that's a, a plus two bus. Yeah, a plus. T- a pl- uh, I can't speak tonight. A plus two buff. <laughs> to saves when you can add a mystic shield on that is really good just like plus three to your save sure you've got a re-roll but that's pretty good yeah um so yeah that could be really cool um yeah so then we move on to what i yeah the demonic gifts which i think we're both more fans of the demons aren't we so um yeah these sound quite cool do you want to run us through maybe your kind of demonic weapons and demonic powers of note yeah, sure. Um, so my, I'm actually loving the idea of being able to make like a combat lot of change. So I actually really like the uh, phantasmal weapons, um, demonic weapon. Uh, so that's you improve the rend of all melee weapons wielded by this demon by one. Uh, if it has a rend characteristic of nil, it becomes minus one. So it means that most of his attacks are at rend two and rend three, which is super powerful for a lot of change with the uh, sword. Yeah, the new sword that they've got is 
Does it start off at... Is it minus two rend and damage three? Yeah, the Baleful Sword. So. so that would make it minus three rend, damage three. Yeah. And it's Curved Beak and Wicked Talons are already rend one, so yeah, they'd be rend two, damage two. So yeah, he's getting pretty fighty already just with that. Mm. And if you gave him, as you say, the command trait to make him a bit of a combat Lord of Change, if you wanted... Um, like the demon spark for example once per battle in your hero phase you can unleash the demon spark add one to the damage characteristic of all your general melee weapons for the rest of the turn so that way you've then got once per turn once per game you've got your attacks at minus three ren damage four with your sword and minus two ren damage three with your claws and beaks he's already sounding pretty nasty and we haven't even touched on some of the the magic spells you can do exactly right um so <laughs> yeah, that's probably my favorite demonic weapon i would have to say uh by far um actually it's the uh the pyrofire start stage is actually not too bad as well add one to any wound rolls you make for the bearer only uh, in the shooting phase, in the shooting phase. The shooting for a change. Yeah. So that could be pretty useful. Yeah. Uh, demonic powers are probably the, the really standouts. Um, I mean, uh, uh, Wellspring of Arcane Might is really good. Reroll failed casting rolls, uh, which are a one for any friendly Zench unit within nine inches of this demon. So that could be, be pretty handy. Yeah, so um, any, any Zench demons... So any friendly yeah. any friendly units of Zinch Demons within nine of this demon, so that would include himself, you can re-roll any yeah. casting roll dice, which are showing a one. So you can cast your spells, any ones you roll, you can just re-roll them, um, which in a and you can do it for him and all Zinch Demons. So any kind of item which affects multiple units for me is always one that draws my eye. So that's yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Aspect of Zench is another really good one, I think. Um, so each time you expend the Destiny dice whilst this demon's on the battlefield, you roll a dice. On a six, you may immediately roll another dice and add it to your Destiny dice pool. So just more of a chance of getting adding back into that pool again as well. Yeah, that's that's one of the ones that I would be taking. And again, it's one that stacks. I mean, the ability doesn't stack like that, but it says each time you expend a Destiny dice whilst this demon is on the battlefield. So if you have multiple demons with the same demonic power, every single time you use a destiny dice, you get to roll a dice for every single one of those demons with Aspect of Zinch, and any of those sixes you get to add back. So potentially, if you've got, if you take a few battalions and you take three demons with Aspect of Zinch, every single time you use one destiny dice, you get to roll three dice, and any sixes you get a new destiny dice so potentially you could actually be in a situation where you use one dice and you add more than one to your pool yeah <laughs> um so yeah i think that's really cool something i'd try and build in if i can um but you need to be taking multiple battal- battalions to do that obviously yeah um, uh, yeah i think they're probably the standouts for me yeah i think they're they're the two i went to as well um Yeah, I I think some of the others, they're okay. I mean, Lord of Flux is just at the beginning of each combat phase, you roll a dice for each enemy unit within three of the demon, and on a four they take a mortal wound, which is okay. 
Um, especially if you wanted a combat Lord of Change and he's got a big base and you wanted to stick him into combat with lots of stuff. Because it's each combat phase, it would happen twice a battle round, which is good. And it is it does affect each enemy unit within three. But it's only a 50-50 chance and it's only one mortal wound, so I just don't see it necessarily being as good as, say, Wellspring of Arcane Might or Aspect of Zinch. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, yeah, it's a little mediocre compared to some of the other ones, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, the Cursed, the Cursed Ickle could be quite good. Um, if, again, if you, you want to run your combat lord of change, you're going to make them pay for every kind of bit of hurt they lay on him, because on a roll, you roll a dice after any wounds are inflicted upon this demon. On a roll of two or more, one enemy model within one inch of them suffers one mortal wound. If several enemy models are within range, randomly determine which one suffers the mortal wound. Now, do you read that as roll a dice after any wounds are inflicted? So if if an attack does, say, four wounds, would you roll one dice or would you roll four dice? I would actually say you would roll one, which is why I don't think it's actually very good. Yeah, that's that was my interpretation as well, and again, why I didn't think it was that good. Because it's just roll a dice after any wounds are inflicted. So I took that as a catch-all. So, yeah. If if a load of attacks do six wounds, you just roll one dice. Yeah. Okay. It would be very strong if it was the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't think it is, but who knows? Maybe. Again, I think that's that's just adding to the point we made earlier about this book does potentially need a few FAQs. Um, which I'm sure they'll GW will put out as soon as they can. Um, when they get asked the same question a few times, they'll they'll add that. I'm sure. So cool. Um, yep. So that takes us on to the spell laws. So the first one is the law of fate. So each wizard in a Zinch army can know a different spell. Um, all your Zinch Arcanite wizards and or Zinch mortal wizards can know an additional spell from the law of fate. So. The first spell is Bolt of Zinch, which is cast on an 8, which for spells these days is actually quite a high casting value. Um, I mean, yeah. Zinch have a lot of things to buff their casting, but eight's still quite high. But you pick a visible enemy unit within 18 inches, and they take D6 Mortal Wounds. So just flat out, D6 Mortal Wounds spell, great. Yeah. The second one is Arcane Suggestion, so that's cast on a 7. Uh, you choose an enemy unit, but it can't be a hero or a monster, within 18 inches, and then you roll a d3 and consult the table below. So on a 1, it's hopeless. They just take d3 mortal wounds. 2, until the end of this turn, they subtract 1 from hit and wound rolls. A 3, turn around, until the end of this turn, subtract 1 from save rolls for the unit. So, potentially the save roll 1 can be useful if you're planning on hitting it with a load of like missile weapons or melee weapons um, to lower its save but because it's a random result you've got a one third chance of just doing d3 mortal wounds and it casts on a 7 and you can't pick heroes or monsters so I think I'd prefer to just do a bolt of zinch for d6 and then again subtract yeah. 1 from hit and wound rolls for the unit but it only lasts till the end of this turn so again if it's a unit you want to go and attack if you're planning on charging it you're going to hit it first anyway and hopefully kill it um I just don't see that spell being as useful as some of the other ones. Um, the next one I think is great, and it would be... I'll be taking it in every list. Uh, Glimpse the Future. Yes. So, Glimpse the Future has a casting value of 7. 
only one of your wizards can attempt to cast this spell per turn. I found that interesting because rule of one would already... As it's currently written anyway, rule of one would mean that only one wizard can attempt to cast each spell anyway. So that wording almost makes me wonder if they're going to be changing the rules of one in General's Handbook 2 when it comes out soon, uh, or later this year. Perhaps they'll be changing it to only one successful casting rather than one attempt. But with this spell, they've made it specifically one attempt because it's quite good. You basically, if it's successfully cast, you just roll a dice and it goes straight back into your destiny pool. Yeah, the other thing too is it, it you know, this book it is not just made for match play, so they may realise that even in narrative and open play, that's too strong of a mechanic to be able to just spam nine of those wizards, nine of those spells a turn potentially, and just get nine dice every turn. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, that could be that could well be true. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing if they have changed it. I do know that that is one thing that a lot of people have talked about in terms of <clears throat> the rules of one is people don't have said they wish it was one successful casting rather than one attempt. So I do I do think that is an indicator of what might be happening. Um, but no, your point is completely valid about open play um, and narrative play because, yeah, it is still very powerful to just go, cool, I'm going to cast this spell, I get, a free, I get another Destiny die. Um, yeah. The next one is Shield of Fate. This one I think is quite cool. It's only got a casting value of 5, which is nice. Um, you pick a friendly zinc unit within 18 inches of the caster. Uh, until the start of your next hero phase, you can reroll save rolls of 1 for the unit if you have 1 to 3 destiny dice, save rolls of 1 and 2 if you have 4 to 6 destiny dice, or save rolls of 1, 2, and 3 if you have 7 to 9 destiny dice. And the results will change accordingly if you use any of your destiny dice between, like, whilst the spell is in effect. So that's really good. I mean, to be able to re-roll ones, twos, and threes, even after you've used a few destiny dice, like as long as you've got seven, you can re-roll saves of one, two, and three, and it doesn't need to be a Zinch mortal unit that it gets cast on. It's just pick a friendly Zinch unit. So you could take a mortal or arcanite wizard to get this spell and then cast it on your combat lord of change, and there you go. He can re-roll at the start of the game. He's got a good chance of re-rolling at least ones and twos, if not ones, twos, and threes. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool spell. Uh, the next one is Infusion Arcanum. So that has a casting value of 5 as well. If successfully cast until your next hero phase, you can add 1 to all hit and wound rolls for the caster. So again, that's great. It can only be taken... It, it specifically, though, can only work on the caster because it just says you add it. You add 1 to all hit and wound rolls for the caster. So you wouldn't be able to take this on a Lord of Change because he's not an Arcanite or a Mortal. So he wouldn't be able to learn this spell. No, but Kairos could. Kairos could because he knows the spells of everyone. So again, we're now finding more reasons to take Kairos other than just changing a dice for a priority roll. So that's really cool. Something that Kairos brings to the table that a regular Lord of Change doesn't. Yeah. So that's cool. And then the final spell, Treacherous Bond. So this has a, sp- a casting value of 6. If successfully cast, you pick a visible friendly unit within 18 inches of the caster. Until your next hero phase, so long as the bonded unit is within 9 inches of the caster, roll a dice whenever the caster suffers an unsaved wound or mortal wound. 
On a two or more, the chosen unit suffers the wound or mortal wound instead. Now that's potentially amazing. Again, if you want a combat, um, a combat character, again can't be done by Lord of Change because it's the caster bonds with another unit. Kairos, however, could use this. So yep. as long as you keep a unit within nine of them, basically you don't take any damage on two ups and you just pass it off. So you could just spam tens of, bl- of brimstone horrors for 40 points for 10 wounds just run them along in little flamey dances around <laughs> around your character and any wounds they take, you just go, cool, two up, nah, kill a brimstone, don't care. Yep. <laughs> so I think that's an awesome spell. Um, and yeah, it, it can only be taken by the, the mortals and the Arcanites, which aren't which aren't the combat characters um, as much as the Lord of Changes. Um, but yeah, if you want to invest in Kairos then potentially there's a really cool trick there, but it starts getting expensive. Um, yeah. But yeah, so then we move on to the Law of Change. So Luke, do you want to talk through this one? Sure. Um, so uh, each demon wizard in a Zinja army knows an additional spell chosen from the Law of Change. Um, so I'll start with the Law. So uh, Bolt of Change is the first, first spell, uh, casting value of 8, Pick an enemy unit within 18 inches. The unit suffers D6 mortal wounds, so exactly the same as the uh, first spell in the Law of Faith. Um, the second spell, uh, Treason of Zinch, um, casting value of five. Uh, if, if successfully cast, pick a visible enemy unit within 18 inches. Uh, one model in the unit you pick immediately attacks the rest of the unit as if it were the combat phase, using whichever weapon you choose. However, a model will never attack itself as a result of the spell, so it can only affect a unit that has more than one model. So that could be a pretty useful spell on, like, units of um, Archai or any, like, monstrous cab, even, like, Storm Fiends. Like, imagine the Shotgun the Storm Fiends murdering themselves. That would be great to watch. Yeah. <laughs> I play I, Storm Fiends. I, it could be useful. It's I think because there's other spells or abilities in the game that let you pick an individual character and make them attack themselves and or the whole unit attacks that sort of thing which are a bit better than this but then again i think say wrathmongers that has to happen where the wrathmonger has been killed by the thing you want to do whereas i guess this is a spell with a low casting value and a range so yeah it could be quite good as you say you can pick there's some there's infantry out there with nasty weapons that wouldn't be able to withstand their own attacks um (laughs) i I'm in no way saying this is how it works at all. I'm just commenting on the fact that it would be pretty funny because it says one model in the unit you pick immediately attacks the rest of the unit using whichever weapons you choose. Doesn't technically say it has to be one they're holding, so I could just say, oh, hit yourself with Galmaraz. Not going to say that because clearly that's not how it works, but it would be very zinch and very funny. Yes, it would. <laughs> the next spell is Arc Transformation. Uh, it has a casting value of 7. Um, if, if successfully cast, pick a visible friendly hero within 18 of the caster. You can permanently increase that model's move, bravery, or the attack's characteristic of its weapons by 1. However, each hero can only be chosen uh, to target of this spell once per battle. But again, that's really good on like a combat lord of change. 
you can permanently give them plus one to all their melee attacks, which it's, is very good. It's only one of its weapons. Yeah, yeah, one of its weapons. So the staff of change. Yeah, or the big, instance, or the big sword. Or the sword. Yeah. So yeah, you you really you really uh, pushing this combat lord of change from the sounds of things. Well, I think it's the only real combat thing in the list, as far as characters go, aside from say like the big unit as angles or something, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's um, definitely cool how much you're being able to tool him up, just take him from standardly being pretty good anyway, and then going cool. I'm now gonna go add plus one damage to my attacks i'm now gonna increase my rend i'm now gonna increase my attacks characteristics like it's uh they're all starting to stack up from all these different traits and powers and spells it's it's that's one of the things i love about this book is there's so many combinations you can do um that's the real the real beauty of this book is that actually you're just going to see so many different lists i think coming out of this one book which is awesome yeah, I mean, yeah, we've I've written so many different lists in the last couple of weeks, and none of them are the same at all. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So the next uh, spell. Next spell is unchecked mutation. Uh, casting value of seven. Pick a visible enemy unit within eighteen inches. Uh, um, the unit you pick suffers D three mortal wounds, and then you roll a dice. On a five or a six, the unit suffers uh, another mortal wound, and you roll another dice as above. So you keep rolling until you don't roll a five or a six to just do an additional mortal wound over and over again now that's cool obviously that can't be affected by your destiny dice because it doesn't fit any of the nine criteria that they can be used on um but still quite cool yeah uh the next one uh fall reality uh casting value of seven uh pick a visible friendly unit of zench demons within 18 inches of the caster and roll a dice on two or more you can return that many slain models to the unit. On a one, the unit is wiped out. That's really cool. I mean, yeah, so you can basically just pick a unit of horrors or something like that where it just helps where if you haven't necessarily used a one for battle shock or something like that or you've taken a unit of horrors that hasn't got many left in it and you can just go, oh, it doesn't really matter if they die. I'm just going to roll this dice and as long as I get a two or more, I just get that many models back. And because you're adding to an existing unit, you're not using summoning points or anything like that. So that's that's a really yeah. cool spell. Um, obviously, you'd want to watch out because on that roll of a one, the unit gets wiped out. But yeah, if you're only going to lose a horror or two for that, that's pretty cool to just be able to go, cool, I'll just add those models back in. Yep, certainly is. And uh, the last spell is Zench's Firestorm. Um, so it's a casting value of nine, so pretty hard to get off. Um, pick a uh, visible enemy unit with eight with eighteen inches. Uh, roll nine dice for each six that you roll. The the unit you pick immediately suffers D three mortal wounds. So that has the potential to be really powerful. Yeah, very very strong. Um. It probably again unlikely you you should only really get one six maybe two from nine dice um but still if you get lucky um and you roll three even um that's just that many d3 uh, 18 inch range that's really cool um and because it's just roll nine dice it's not like it's roll a dice for mo number of models in the unit like you can do it it's just as effective against single models um, monsters or characters as it is against big units um, which is really cool 
The one thing that I think is a little bit of a shame, which doesn't really matter, though, um, is that I think it's just one of the tiny little things they've missed in pulling this book together and bringing in the old stuff is they've now got two spells, both called Zinch's Firestorm, that do totally different things because the Herald of Zinch on a disc, that was his spell, um, and that's still in this book. So you've now got two spe- you've now got two spells in the same book with the same name that do totally different things, and just just in terms of gameplay and somebody like not knowing the game, if you're saying, "Oh right, I'm now casting Zinch's Firestorm," to have to explain, right, it's this version of Zinch's Firestorm compared to that version, it it just feels like that. I think reading this book, that was probably my only like oh that's a little bit of a shame um, that they didn't come up with a different name but that is so minor um, and a lot of people probably won't have even noticed to be honest um, but it's a, the new one's a cool spell anyway so um, yeah that's cool yeah cool so then um, after all those spells you've got a couple of um, battle plans in here you've got the banquet of magic the skeins of fate um, and then they've even put in a load of stuff for Path to Glory campaigns, which is really cool. Um, and they've done the Warband tables specifically, um, which is really cool. Um, if people are playing the narrative games, um, that there's stuff for everybody in this book, which is awesome. Um, worth saying as well that just the artwork and stuff in this book is beautiful. It's such a nice book. Um, there's loads of background. There's loads of really cool pictures. Um, it's just a great book. Um, in, in just in general, from a, a visual um, perspective, um, the cover's beautiful, and yeah, just the quality of the book is again just another kind of step up from the last ones. There's loads more paint splatters, um, some really cool stuff. I really like the drawings on page 16 and 17 of the gifts. Um, they actually go through and they have some really nice like pencil kind of drawings of the different artifacts like a pyrofire stave and the paradoxical shield um, they've even done the lettering um, showing you what Zinch runes would look like for the really artistic people if they wanted to actually write specific stuff on models um, so yeah they've done some really nice stuff for this book um, outside of the rules um, which I know we do focus on um, so yeah, just wanted to pull that out about how much of a nice book it is. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so after all that, we're now on to the War Scroll Battalions, of which there are quite a few. Um, so we'll run through these fairly quickly um, and maybe just touch on maybe a couple that hit um, that caught our attention. Maybe if there's any you're planning on using in, in your lists that have been a main focus for you. Um, yeah. I'll just run through the first couple so uh, these are focusing on the demons so we've got a warp flame host which is one exalted flamer of zinch and then three or more units chosen in any combination from the following list exalted flamers of zinch flamers of zinch and burning chariots of zinch so it's all the kind of yeah flamers basically more flame 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 yep. um, and the, abil- the ability you get with this is storm of demonic f- of demonic fire so great is the roiling tide of warp fire surrounding a warp flame host that to merely stand in close proximity to the demons is to risk being set alight. In each of your hero phases, roll a dice for each enemy unit that is within nine inches of a unit from a warp flame host. On a roll of a six, the unit being rolled for suffers d3 mortal wounds. So, it's okay. 
it's it's a nice little bonus ability. I don't think you can count on it really to do a lot of damage um, because it only happens on sixes. Um, and also it happens in your hero phase and whilst you're within nine inches of any enemy units. And flamers generally, they're quite weak, so you don't really want them that close. You probably want them generally fringing at 18 inches. Um, so this is one that I probably won't be using that much. Um, but if you wanted to run a load of flamers, I think the battalion's quite cheap. I'll just have a quick check. I think it's about 30 or 40 points. Um, flame host is 30 points so it's nice and cheap if you're taking those units anyway and you just want access to an additional power or weapon then yeah cool it's it's good um the next the next one is the multitudinous host so this is one herald of zinch and then eight or more units chosen in any combination from the following list pink horrors blue horrors brimstone horrors so that to me straight away was like okay this seems like something that has potential to go into my list because you're going to want pink horrors anyway for your battle line you're probably going to want a herald of zinch and then blue horrors and brimstone horrors again you're probably going to want because they're so cheap for model count and things like that and they're just good cheap yeah. wounds um especially as we've already talked about the spell that just lets you like fold reality can just let you add back into those units you probably just want quite a few of those little units of 10 models so Although it's eight or more units, the brimstones are only 40 points for a unit of 10. So you can do that quite a lot, and you'll want model count anyway for the scenarios. So what the ability does yeah. is horrors without number. So concentrated is the change magic that swirls about a multitudinous host that the horrors multiply at an alarming rate. In each of your hero phases, add D6 models to each unit of pink horrors and or blue horrors, and add D3 models to each unit of brimstone, brimstone horrors in this battalion. So that, I, I just read that and was like amazing this is perfect yeah. you're getting that ability for free on every unit now in your hero phase they're all just going to keep coming back um so that that's brilliant and again i think this is actually quite cheap the multitudinous host it is yeah 30 points so that for me is one of those battalions that is i will certainly try and fit into most of my lists um because i would be taking the a number of horrors anyway so it's something that i probably want because it's a, it's a really good benefit to you to just be able to top up those horrors um, for free, basically, without needing reinforcement points. Yeah, it is nice. Okay, so do you want to go through the next two battalions? Sure. Um, so the next one we have is the Ever Eater uh, Host. Uh, so it is a Herald of Zinchon Burning Chariot and three or more units chosen in any combination from the following list. Blue Scribes, Herald of Zench on Burning Chariot, or Herald of Zench on Disc of on Disc, or Screamers of Zench. So the ability you get with that is called Feed on Magic. Though all demons are manifested from raw magic, those of an Aether Eater host can drain the sorceress energies unleashed by their foes to revitalize their physical forms. If a unit from an Aether Eater host successfully unbinds a spell cast by an enemy model, they immediately heal D3 wounds whilst an Aether Eater host has nine or more units, uh, then any units of Screamers from the battalion can attempt to unbind one spell in each enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard, meaning they can also heal wounds as described above. So that could be pretty um, useful. Um, I still, it's probably not one of the formations I'm going to run. Um, I think it's probably one of the less useful 
of the demon formations? Yeah, I think just... I think with a lot of these, they sound cool. It's just that when you actually go to write your list, as we'll touch on later, you struggle to get everything in. Um, they make you take a lot of things that you otherwise probably don't want to take, and then you just run out of points um, because everything is actually quite expensive um, when you when you're pulling your list together um, and you start realizing you don't have that many wounds and it's all actually quite weak defensively. Um, the tickets demons if you're not running lots of blue and brimstone horrors. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think. I'm again. This probably isn't one that I'll be running, but I do think there's definitely some utility there. Um, if you want to take a list that uses screamers because they're fast, um, I think they've got like a 16-inch move. They can potentially actually do an okay amount of damage against monsters, um, and they're just fast, yeah. good flanking units. If you can launch a couple of them up on either side, um, and I think they're 120 points for three, so they're not really expensive. Um, Other. 140 actually oh okay um but yes yeah, so you oh, but you can the locus range is sorry the locus of change is really good uh it's like a debuff so if an enemy model targets such a unit your opponent must treat any hit rolls of six as hit rolls of one instead yeah so if you put them near a hero um it's pretty it's pretty good as, as a debuff yeah that's their stand the screamers that's the Screamer's standard rule. Um, if they're within, I think it's nine inches of a horror hero, they treat any any enemy units that attack them uh, tr treat sixes to hit as ones. So they can be more defensive, especially if someone's trying to hit you where they've got abilities that buff off of sixes to hit. Actually, they're all turning them into ones. Um, and yeah, yeah that, that ability to make them become... Not become wizards, but that ability to let them suddenly be able to unbind spells can be a pain because you can launch them up first turn, get them in range of your opponent's army, um, and then they can unbind spells and also heal when they do that. So it, yeah. it's not one that I'm completely writing off, um, and I think people will use it and to good effect. Um, it's just not one that probably fits in my list style, I guess. Yeah. Um, cool. So the next one, Luke, do you want to take us through that one? The next one is the change host, which I actually do like, and I think has lots of tactical flexibility. Um, so that consists of a lot of change um, and eight or more units chosen in any combination from the following list. Horror Hero, Exalted Flamers of Zinch, Pink Horrors, Blue Horrors, Brimstone Horrors, Flamers, Screamers, and Burning Chariots. So lots of choices there. It's pretty much... Um, even the cheapest. It's pretty much, if you're taking a demon army, just take a lot of change and then eight of anything you want. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got a change host. <laughs> which, is, which is quite cool. Um, this was actually one of the formations that was um, available before Disciples of Zinch. Um, I think it was just in the um, Grand Alliance Chaos Grand book. Um, and I think the actual battalion hasn't changed. Um but yeah, do you want to just take us through what that does anyway? Yep, so its ability is Deceive and Dismay, so nothing is never quite as it seems when fighting against the forces of Zanch. In the blink of an eye, the foe before you will shimmer and disappear from sight, only to be replaced with a different adversary. In each of your hero phases, you may pick a pair of units from this battalion that are within 27 inches of the Lord, Lord of Change to swap places. To do so, take one model from each unit and then swap places on the battlefield. 
then remove all the other models from the units and set them up, set them back up within nine inches of the model from the unit that first swapped places. Uh, whilst a chain choice has nine or more units, then different pairs of units can swap places rather than only one. Two different pairs, sorry. Uh, whilst it has 18 or more units, then three different pairs of units can swap places instead. So, like, if you have a... There's things like with the changeling you can swap places with, with all the combat lord of change potentially in the first turn. Yeah. Which could be pretty good as a, an alpha strike. Because the chain... The, the range for swapping units is 27 inches of the lord of change. So, as you say, because yeah. the changeling is a horror hero, he's perfectly fine to be selected for this battalion... So you can deploy the changeling in your opponent's um, deployment um, zone next to their models, and as long as they leave you a gap, if they don't see it coming, then yeah, you can just swap the Lord of Change because he is a unit within range of himself and swap him with the changeling yep. and just be like, bam, I'm straight into your deployment. Yep, and directly in combat, you don't have to charge or anything. There's no minimum range for it. Yep, because it's hero phase. You just pick them up and put them back, um, and it specifically says uh, you set them up. And in the FAQ, it specifically states that setting up models can be within three. There's no restrictions because it's not a move. Yep. So that's cool. Um, other stuff you can do with it um, is just keeping your kind of. You can. It. You need the really you need the big host which again this is where you really struggle with points because you need loads of units because you need to go nine or more or really the power is when you've got 18 or more so if you want to kind of spam brimstone horrors you can you can get up there but again this this is one of the battalions that i think if you take this battalion it's pretty much a whole army um yeah but you can do stuff like put out um fast moving things at the front that are weak and then switch switch them with casting heroes for all your spells. Cast all your kind of D6 mortal wound spells from the heroes that you've just flung forwards. And then swap them back for your stuff that you want to use in the shooting phase. Um, like burning chariots and stuff like that. You can run the burning chariot forwards in your first turn. And then in your second turn you switch the burning chariots with your horror heroes or any of your other weak casters that are sitting on your back line safe they do they switch forwards cast their magic and then you switch them back again so your burning chariots are there up front again for the shooting yep so um i think it's really cool it's one of those lists that i think really like good players will be able to do some awesome stuff with this that people just won't see coming um yeah and yeah it's pretty flexible because it's basically a lot of change in anything else you want so um, as long as it's demon, it has to be demon, but that's cool. So yeah, um, so then do you want to take us through the next one? This one, these these next two are pretty cool. Yeah, I really like the next one. Um, the overseer's fate twisters. Uh, so it has a lot of change and eight units uh, chosen in any combination of horror heroes, exalted flamers, or burning chariots. So it is. A little bit more um, limited, but the um, the bonus you get, the bonus ability is very cool. Um, the Will of Cinch, uh, the Lords of Change, known as the Overseers and their most accomplished lieutenants, bear the, the favour of the great conspirator. 
The better to enact his will in all things. At the start of each of the hero phases, add one dice to your destiny dice pool, whilst at least one model from this battalion is on the battlefield. In addition, you can choose to substitute dice rolls that you have already made with destiny dice, whilst this battalion has nine or more models. Um, they have another ability called Masters of Fate. The overseers are at the centre of an intricate web of lies and deceit and are tasked with reading the skies of fate to ensure the fruition of Zinch's multi-various plans. In the Lord of Change from this battalion um, is on the battlefield, then in each of your hero phases you can choose to re-roll the result of one of the dice in your destiny pool. So that's really cool. Like you say, just all the manipulation of destiny dice. You just get a free one. You can you can swap. You can re-roll some. Yeah. So that the will of Zinch one. Um, the second part of that is actually really really strong. I had to read this a few times to actually understand what it meant. It was one of those rules where I actually didn't understand what it was. What a bit. What the ability was giving you. Um, so what it is, is in addition, you can choose to substitute dice rolls that you have already made with Destiny dice rather than substituting them before rolling whilst this battalion has nine or more models. So what that means is at the start when we said you have to, before you roll the dice, declare I'm going to use a Destiny dice for this roll, so for your charges, what this actually lets you do is roll the dice first and then decide if you need to swap any. So that just makes it so much stronger because you potentially don't even need to use your destiny dice. It lets you go, okay, I'm going to roll my charge dice. Oh, what was that? A a four and a one and I need a four and a three? Cool, I'll take that one and I'll make it a three. It just gives you so much more control and uses your dice less. And then the fact that it gives you an extra dice and it lets you re-roll one of your dice It's so good. This for me, when I was like, right, I want to manipulate these Destiny dice as much as possible. When I read that and I understood all the abilities from it, I was like, okay, this is probably the most powerful battalion in the book. But again, it's very expensive. It just really restricts what you can take because you have to take a Lord of Change and then eight minimum, it's eight or more units from Horror Heroes, Exalted Flamers or Burning Chariots. And... Yeah. You don't want that many characters, and Exalted Flamers and Burning Chariots aren't really something I was going to put in my list, because you need your battle line. And yeah. when you've taken a Lord of Change, and then maybe four horror heroes, plus your battle line, you're really going to struggle to fit in those Exalted Flamers and Burning Chariots with anything else. So although it's really powerful, this is what we're saying, where I think they've done a really good job on this book of balancing it because you can read it and go that's amazingly powerful but then you'll find you're actually quite restricted when it comes to fitting the armies in at say 2,000 points at least anyway I think once you get to two and a half this list the Disciples of Zinch will perform very well at two and a half K I think Um, but at 2K I think you'll be quite limited on what you can do yeah yeah actually I did a list with 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 this at 2,500. You can fit a pretty good nice list in at 2,500. But you struggle at 2K? Yeah, you can't You can't even fit it in at 2K. I think, Not with the minimum battle. I think you can just fit it uh, in. You probably just can if you go just like single Exalted Flamers yeah. or a lot of horror heroes. Yeah. Um, exalted Flamers just really aren't that good. I think I'd rather go the Chariots. And they're 20 points more. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it's just expensive to do it, but it's good. 
Um, right, now the next one is a bit nuts for match play, to be honest, but it's awesome. So this is the Omniscient Oracles, and this is Kairos Fateweaver and three Lords of Change. <laughs> so you've got four Lords of Change on the battlefield, and one of them is Kairos himself. But what does that give you? So, knowledge of past, present, and future. Kairos Fateweaver sees both the past and the future, but in sealing a soul-binding pact with the Lords of Change known to their kin as the Allscriers, Kairos has ensured the deeds of the, mo of the moment are made clear to him as well. You can re-roll any hit, wound, save, and run rolls of one, as well as any dice rolls of one in a charge roll for models from this battalion. So, that's pretty great, especially if you're talking about running Combat Lords of Change... How about three yeah. of them, and a Kairos, and they're all getting re-rolls of ones to hits, wounds, saves, runs, and charges. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Um, I haven't actually added. I haven't actually added it, added it up quickly in my head. I think you can still fit this in at two k. Kairos is three forty. The three Lords of Change would be nine hundred. So you're at twelve forty. Three units of horrors, one forty each. Yeah, you can definitely fit this in in a two k game. You're just not going to have a whole lot else, but well, I'd love to see someone do it. I'm not going to lie, it'd be amazing. It would be pretty, pretty, pretty good to see. <laughs> um, I think it's cool. If I'm honest, I think Overseer's Fate Twisters is tactically a better choice. Um, yeah. Even though, again, it's hard to fit in. Um, it, it would be really cool with the Omniscient Oracles, and those four things would be great. Um, I just don't think in scenarios where you need model count. Um, it's the best choice of all your points um, but it's really cool really cool um, so that takes us on to the two demon war scroll battalions um, Luke do you want to go through the first one sure um, so the first one is called the in, the eternal uh, conflagration um, it needs a it requires a lord of change or an overseer's fate twisted a warp fire, warp flame host, and it must contain uh, at least six units. Uh, the internal uh, convocation may also contain zero to eight war scroll battalions chosen in any combination from the following list. The warp flame host, uh, the ether eater host, the multitudinous host, or the change host, uh, or any additional number of besieged demon units. If the Eternal Convocation contains the maximum number of battalions, it gains the Destiny Preordained ability on page 104. So that... Uh, so it's other abilities. Uh, sorry? I was just going to say, so just the Destiny Preordained ability is when generating your Destiny dice at the start of the battle, you can choose the results of three of the dice before rolling the remaining six as normal. So that's an amazing ability to just go, oh, okay, I want three sixes. Now I'll roll the other six and see what I get. Um... Or a one and two sixes, whatever you want, you just get to pick. But you're never ever going to get that ability in a match play game, just because you have to take a Lord of Change, a Warp Flame Host, and then eight other War Scroll Battalions to get that, and you just you're not going to do it. <laughs> no, you need like ten thousand points or yeah. something to beat that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so we'll forget about Destiny Preordained in this uh, in this War Scroll Battalion anyway. Um, but yeah, so what yeah. what do the two abilities do? Uh, so it has one ability called Pawns of the Radiant Lord. 
so the flamers of the eternal convocation are uh, extents of the overseer's will, and the greater demon uses them as such, channeling destructive magics through them, regardless of cost to achieve its own ends. When the Lord of Change that must be taken in this battalion attempts to cast a spell, you can select any flamer from this battalion to act as the casting model. Range, visibility, and so on are all measured from that model. So that could be pretty handy um, and pretty tricksy with like just setting things up that your opponent might not realise. Uh, they think they've got their character hidden, and then you go, "Well, no, I can see from him, and I'm going to cast Bolt of Change and use Kairos to make it a six and all that sort of stuff." So yeah, it's cool. Um, again, it can only be the Lord of Changes spells that go through the Flamers. Um, and he so he can only yeah. he can only know a couple of spells. He, I think they can cast two. So you're not going to be able to get. It's not like you can cast everything through them. Um, but it is definitely cool. No. Anything that lets you change the position of where you're casting a spell from from normal units is really cool. It just gives you that added layer of protection for your Lord of Change, um, whilst yeah. not sacrificing his offensive magic capability. Uh, so its second ability is the uh, Cultivating Flames. There's many flamers from the Eternal Convocation bound and cavort across the battlefield. Their fires burn ever brighter, dazzling their foes. Your opponent must subtract one from any hit rolls that target units of flamers and exalted flamers of zinc from the Eternal Convocation in the shooting phase. So that's pretty good if you want to run flamers. Um, as we've said before, they're pretty squishy. Need one to hit in the shooting phase for them. Could help them stick around a bit longer. So that's, that's a nice little bonus for them. Yeah, I think the only problem with flamers is I think they're just too expensive. They're two hundred points for three at the moment, which compared to other things you can take is, to be honest, a bit nuts. Like three Kurnoth hunters for one hundred and eighty points, I would take any day of the week compared to three flamers for two hundred points because they've only got what? Do they have two wounds each or three wounds each? It's only two wounds each. If they had three wounds each, they maybe slightly worth taking so for 200 points 200 points you get six wounds that have what a five up six up save and a five up save and then their attacks it's not even like they're that amazing they do what d3 attacks doing d3 damage but they have no rend or anything like that whereas three kernoth hunters for 20 points less have 15 wounds so two and a half times the amount of wounds they have a better save, which can be re-rollable. They have 30-inch range with Rend, still doing D3 damage. I just, yeah, they've got the points wrong on Flamers, if I'm honest. Um, which, for me, just it just puts them out of lists for me, um, for match play. Um, and it unfortunately, because of the fact that they've put the points in the back of this book, I don't expect them to get changed with the new General's Handbook, so I think we're going to be stuck with that points value for a little while. And I think it's off, if I'm honest. I agree. Um, so yeah, and given that this battalion needs a warp flame host, which is all the flamers, um, it's probably not one I'm going to be using. Um, yeah, so then that takes us on to the host's duplicitous. So this one is one Lord of Change or Overseer's Fate Twisters again, and then a change host, which must contain at least three horror heroes. So that's cool. I think this is one that potentially you could get although that does mean that you have to take two lords of change because you need one lord of change for the change host anyway and then you need a lord of change for this so again you might i think you can fit this in just about at 2k um but it's going to be really tight 
Um, and then again, it can also contain zero to eight of the other four War Scroll Battalions and any number of additional Zinch Demon units. So the abilities this one gets is Glamour Smiths. When a wizard from this battalion rolls a one on any dice as part of a casting roll, you count it as a two instead. So that's awesome straight away. Just yeah. so good. And then uh, Magic. Wizards belonging to the host's duplicitous know the following spell in addition to any others they know. So every single one of your wizards, and remember, like, Pink Horrors are wizards, so they're going to know it too, in addition to all their other spells, gets this spell. Right. Scintillating Simulacra. You have to be a pro at pronunciation for this book, don't you? Um, I think so. (laughs) (laughs) So, Scintillating Simulacra. Reality ripples around the demon's foes, and even should their aim be true, they will merely strike phantasmal afterimages of their targets. Scintillating Simulacra has a casting value of 6. If successfully cast, pick an enemy unit within 18 inches of the caster. Until the start of your next hero phase, any successful hit and wound rolls your opponent makes for the unit you picked automatically fail. Conversely, any failed hit and wound rolls your opponent makes for them are automatically successful. Now that spell is amazing because if your opponent is bringing in a Death Star or any kind of character that's just like Frostlord, Stonehorn, Battlebrew, anything like that that they've got that's just twos and twos, you just cast it on that and go, cool, only your ones are going to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and every single wizard you have in your army knows this spell. So you can just pick which one you need to cast it on which target so it's 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 a very good spell and you can fit this formation with the chain host chain host in uh 2000 points just yeah so yeah i think that's really cool um this is something that i will probably run if i run an all demon list um this will be the way i go um but that's really cool um so yeah that's all of the demon stuff in the book um so let's move on to the mortals um this is going to be a long episode but i like long episodes so hey ho we'll just crack on um so luke do you want to run through the first war scroll battalions for the arcanites sure so the first one we have is the uh zeech arcanite cult so it it must contain a arcanite cabal three to nine war scroll battalions chosen in any formation from the following list an Alterkin Coven, a Skyshell Coven, a Zangor Coven, a Witchfire Coven, uh, 0-1 Curslings, 0-1 Gaunt Summoners, or 0-1 Gerdroid, uh, God, the Ermagerds. <laughs> the the so 0-1 <laughs> Ogroid Thaumaturges. Yeah. Um, the abilities this formation gets are Destiny Preordained, uh, when the Zinch's army armies are unleashed uh, in their full might, it is to fulfill a purpose that the change god has long foreseen. When generating your destiny dice pool at the start of the game, you can choose the results of three of the dice before rolling the remaining six dice as normal. So that's that's really strong, as we've said. Yeah. Um, then you've got the strength and conviction. Uh, sure, in their purpose, Archite cultists march to war with unshakable confidence that they are enacting their master's in- inevitable will. Add one to the bravery of all models in the Arcanite cult. So that's that's okay. The cool thing about this is that it's possible to fit this in in a 2K list. 
and it gives you that destiny preordained ability which we previously said is basically impossible it's impossible to do in the demons version because i think when people go through this book the demons the demons i think feel the more powerful the more optimal choices um just flat out but then the mortals and arcanites they give you strong battalions which pull you that direction as well so again it's just one of those things that they've done a really good job on balance of this book that makes you want to go oh actually i want some mortals here but then as soon as you start pulling into the mortals you lose some of the spells and the full tricks that the demons can do um so yeah i think they've done a really good job again on balancing this book um yeah so that's the arcanite cult um, so let's go on to the Arcanite Cabal, as that's the the guaranteed thing you have to take in an Arcanite cult. What is the Arcanite Cabal, Luke? The Arcanite Cabal is three to nine units chosen in any formation from the following list: a Fate Master, a Magister, or a Zangor Shaman. Uh, they gain the Master of the Cult ability and the Cabal Sorceress ability. Uh, the Master of Cults. Um, after setup, pick one model from this battalion to be the master of the cult. Each time you use the destiny dice to predetermine a dice roll for the master of the cult, you roll a dice. On a 4, 5, or 6, you may roll another dice and immediately add it to your destiny dice pool. So, more of that um, refilling the destiny dice pool, which is really good. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, the only thing to note with that is you can only do it when you use a destiny dice for a dice roll for the master of the cult. So it's not yeah. just it's not just everything. So there'll be one model in your army that if you use a dice for them, you'll get a 50-50 chance of getting that dice back. Yeah. Uh, then the Cabal Sorcerers, uh, with their powers combined, the Sorcerers of the Arcanite Cabal are far greater than the sum of their parts. Each model from the Arcanite Cabal that is within 9 inches of at least two other models from the same battalion in your hero phase can attempt to cast one additional spell. So that's so that could be that's great. Quite good. Yeah, yeah, this is something I, when I looked at, I was like, right, how do I fit this into my lists? Because because there's so many spells now. With you've got their like the wizards know their own spells on their war scrolls, and then you've got that whole new law of fate that they have access to six new spells. You want to be casting them. So anything that lets them cast more, like more spells, some of them can cast two spells a turn. Anyway, like I think the um, uh, Gaunt Summoners can actually cast two spells for a 100-point wizard is really good. Um, so they're something that would go in my lists just because it lets you cast their standard spell and then it guaranteed kind of goes, cool, I've got a second spell, I can use one of the spells from either the Law of Fate or the Law of Change because they actually have both the Arcanite and Demon keywords. Um, yep. So to be able to do two spells with them anyway... Um, is cool, but if you can take these combos, so it's three to nine Fate Masters, Magisters, or Zangle Shamans. So if you've got two or more nearby, then you can cast extra spells. It's worth pointing out the Fate Master is not actually a wizard. Um, he's the old no. he's the old Zinch, um, basically Chaos Lord of Zinch um, on a disc. So he actually won't be a wizard. Your Magisters and your Zangle Shamans um, are your wizard casters here. Um, I think they're both 120 points each um the magister is just yeah. a, a, a renamed zinch sorcerer um 
which I think my preference here, and given the other buffs they do, um, that we'll touch on when we get to the other War Scrolls, is probably the Zangle Shaman. I think their standard spell is better, um, and the, they're more mobile on the disc. They're more uh, fighty with the disc. Um, they've got their Sorcerer's Elixir. So for me, I think this would basically be taking probably a Fate Master and then a, a few Zangle Shamans. Yeah, I think both would. Because um, the Fate Master, I like the idea of the Fate Master as your general. Um because his command ability is actually really cool. Um, the Lord of Change, his command ability is okay, but to be honest, you're pretty good casters anyway. You probably don't need the plus one to cast from him, um, whereas the the uh, the Fate Master's command ability is really strong. Um, I'll just read it out for people that aren't um, that familiar with them. Um, but basically what the Fate Master does um, is you get to roll a dice in your hero phase, and then until your next hero phase, any time you make a dice roll for this model or as each mortal unit within 9 inches and the result matches that on your dice you rolled in the hero phase, you can choose to re-roll it. So depending what you roll, it just gives you like guaranteed re-rolls for anything you want. So if you roll yep. high and for some reason you need to roll low, like or you roll low and you right. know, you can just it just gives you that option anything that gives you re-rolls in the game I think is a really strong mechanic especially when it can re-roll any kind of dice for those abilities because it's just any dice they roll so any wizard or anything like that that does a spell that does say d6 mortal wounds if they're in range of him and you've rolled a 2 in your hero phase for his ability and they roll a 2 on their d6 you can re-roll that for free and you might get a 5 or a yeah. 6 out of that because um, he affects all units within nine of him. So, and he's he's pretty good. He's got four up saves, six wounds, and a sixteen inch move. Um, three attacks with D three damage, and then D three attacks from his disc. He ignores um, wounds or mortal wounds from spells on a four up with his soul bound shield. Um, and actually, he has he adds two to his save in the combat phase unless the attacker can fly. So actually, unless they've got fly in the combat phase, he's got a two up save. So this guy is really good, actually. I think he's a really cool choice for um, a general, actually, in a Zinch list. Um, so the fact that he can fulfill one of your models for an Arcanite Cabal um, is really cool. And then you've got that whole thing of if he's the Fate Master, every time you use a Destiny dice for him, you can, on a 50-50, get it back. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a cool formation. And again, it's a formation, so it gives you access to more... Um, either demonic or mortal kind of gifts or powers um, which is really cool um, I'm just trying to see how many points that one is again actually um, that Arcanite Cabal is only 50 points so again if you want to take it to get your double casting all those abilities I think it's it's quite cool okay uh, so the next one is an Alterkin Coven so this is one unit of Karak Acolytes, one unit of Zangors, and one unit of Zangor Skyfires. And the ability you get from this is Boon of Mutation. So in each of your hero phases, you roll a dice for each enemy unit that is within three inches of a unit from an Alterkin Coven. On a roll of a six, the unit being rolled for suffers D3 mortal wounds. If any models are slain in this manner, they are blessed with mutation and transmogrified into a Zangor. If there is already a friendly Zangor unit within six inches of the slain model's unit, Add the Zangor to that unit, otherwise set it up as a new unit within six of the slain model's unit. So, that's okay. I mean, it's three units that if you're going to go along the Arcanite 
it's kind of mortal's route you're probably taking them anyway um sixes to just do d3 mortal wounds in the hero phase to stuff nearby use good enough anyway and then being able to turn them into zangor which have two wounds each and top up your existing unit of zangors that you have to take as part of the formation that's really cool um probably wouldn't be using it to set up new units because that's going to require summoning points and you're only going to get max three models um but yeah that's quite cool um so the especially next... for the points it's only a 20 point formation yeah really cheap again just gets you another item you're probably taking those units anyway so yeah really cool um do you want to take us quickly through the next one yeah uh so the next one is the witchfire coven uh it requires two units of current alkalites and uh one unit of zangor and lighten they gain the ability master of the weird flame uh, the current archolites from the Witchfire Coven are the cult's most skilled at conjuring the flames of change, able to assail their foes with a relentless bombardment of fire. You can make a sorceress bolt attack with each archolite model from the Witchfire Coven in each of your hero phase. So they basically get like a free round of shooting in the hero phase as part of the formation. So that's cool, because yeah, the, the current archolites come with standard shooting attack. I think it's only 12 inch range, so it's not particularly um long range um but four inch range five and fours yeah so it's it's not it's not amazing but you can take a scroll of the dark arts in the unit which increases its range to 18 you're still only hitting on fives and fours but for your standard battle line troops to have kind of a shooting attack and then they're actually they've got a fairly standard um profile in melee as well but to get that shooting attack which if you can then start it going off um in your hero phase and your shooting phase, that's really strong, especially with just stout sorcery, because they get to add one to the hit rolls for the sorcerer's bolts if it's within nine inches of at least one friendly zinch wizard. And let's be honest, you're gonna have zinch wizards all over the place, so actually that five up to hit is a four up, and you get to do that with every model twice a turn. So that's not bad if you want to take Kurik Acolytes anyway. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. Okay, so the next one is the Sky Shoal Coven. Do you want to talk us through that one? Sure. Uh, this one I actually think is pretty useful. Um, you, it is a unit of Zangor Enlightens, must be mounted on discs, uh, and two units of Zangor Skyfires. Uh, they gain the ability... Uh, Scintillating Attack oh Run. Yes, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Zangor and London Skyflyers of the Skyshell Covenant have learned to utilize the blade-like bridges of their demonic mounts to lethal effect. In each of your hero phases, you can move any unit from a Skyshell Covenant up to 9 inches as if it were the movement phase. They cannot run as part of this move, and it does not stop them from moving normally later in the turn. After a unit moves in this manner, you can pick an enemy unit that it moved across, Roll a dice for each model um, in the in the Skyshock Coven unit. For each roll of a six, the unit it moved across up as a model wound. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, I think, to be honest, this is just cool mainly for the fact that it gives you an extra nine-inch move in your hero phase, more so than the potential mortal wound output. Yeah, I agree. I mean, now it effectively gives the, the Skyfires a 49-inch threat range. Yeah, so the Which whole board, pretty much the whole board. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it also gets you enlightened into combat even quicker. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one's cool. And again, I, I think 
a lot of these battalions are quite cheap. So the Skyshell Coven is... Oh, it's the most expensive one we've seen so far. It's the joint most expensive out of all of them, actually. It's 80 points. But still, compared to some of the others, like Stormcast battalions, they're really expensive. So 80 points is not bad. Yeah. No, not at all. Okay, so the next one is a Zangor Coven. So this is one unit of Zangors, one unit of Zangor Enlightened, and one unit of Zangor Skyfires. So the abilities you get are Aspirant Gorkin. If the unit of Zangors from a Zangor Coven is within 9 inches of the battalion's unit of Zangor Enlightened or Zangor Skyfires, at the start of your hero phase, they may pile in and attack as if it were the combat phase. If the unit of Zangors is within 9 inches of both of the units at the start of your hero phase, then you can also add one to their wound rolls when they attack in this manner. And then Ferocious Fighters, vicious beak attacks made by models from a Zangor Coven wound on a roll of 4 up instead of 5 up. So, this is a brilliant formation. Um, yeah. If, if you're taking a big block of 30 Zangor, which I think quite a lot of lists will have, um, because we'll we'll discuss in a little bit how strong a block of thirty Zangor is. This is just awesome because you get to atta- you get to attack again, like from turn one after turn one's done. Basically, you get to attack again in your hero phase, as long as you've kept just one of the units nearby, which that's fine because they can move so fast. So you and then if they're both nearby you get to add one to their wound rolls, and then they're always wounding on fours instead of fives with their beaks. So those Zangor are just going to kick out so much damage. Yeah. Um, and that... Well, I think most... I think a lot of people that have started as Enchanting will probably run that formation, I would imagine. Yeah, it's the one that, when I first looked through the book, I was like, yeah, okay, if you're going Arcanite route, this is the route. Um, just because it's only 40 points it's only 40 points it gets you another item or power um, and yeah again you're probably taking all that stuff anyway um, so yeah so then that gets us onto the two I'll call them uber formations um, so we've got the cult of the transient form which is one arcanite cabal and one alterkin coven and this alterkin coven the unit of Zangors must contain at least 20 models. I don't think that's an issue because I think pretty much if you're gonna if you're gonna invest in a unit of Zangor, you're gonna take 30 anyway just because of how strong they are. Um, and then I it, think so. again, it's zero to eight War Scroll battalions from the other the four battalions basically, and then any number of additional Zinch Arcanite units. So what this gives you is the change gift. Roll a dice each time a Kyric acolyte from the Cult of the Transient Form is slain. On a roll of a six, they are blessed with new life and are transmogrified into a Zangor. If there is already a friendly Zangor unit within six inches of the slain model's unit, add the Zangor to that unit, otherwise set it up as a new unit within six inches. In addition, roll a dice each time a hero from the cult of the transient form is slain. On a roll of a six, they are reborn as a horrific chaos spawn. Set up a chaos spawn under your control anywhere within six of the slain hero model just before removing it. So... I think as an added ability, that's quite cool. Every single time a Kyric Acolyte from the thing from the formation dies, on a six, you can get a Zangor back. And given that you're already taking a big unit of Zangors as part of this formation, you just want to you'll run them all nearby. And every time one dies, you've got a one in six chance of getting a Zangor back, which actually has two wounds instead of the one that the um, Acolyte had. Um, you're not going to be using it for creating the new units or creating the spawn just because. You're only going to get one model, and you're not going to use all the yeah. points that you'd need to for reinforcement points under match play. 
Um, obviously, in open play, that's really cool. You can have little units of ones and twos popping up everywhere. Um, but for, yeah. ma- for match play, it's really just that chance to change your, ca- your Kara Kakalites into Freeze Angor to add into your existing unit and just keep it topped up. Um, so, yeah, if you're going to run that stuff anyway, then, yeah, take it. Again, I think it's quite cheap. Um, this one is called the Transient Form is 60 points so not really expensive if you're taking it and you want an item and you've got the points then i'd go for it um and the other one uh is the pyrofane cult luke do you want to talk through this one yes uh, so the pyrofane cult is needs an iconite cabal a witch fire coven uh each unit of acolytes must contain at least 20 models as part of that formation uh, and then you can choose from the other different um formations and any uh, number of additional Zinch Arcanite units um, for the big formation. The abilities you gain is the Arc Pyromancers, so you add one to the wound rolls made for sorcerous bolts attacks made by the Arcolites from the cult. Uh, for each other unit from the battalion that attacks the target unit with sorcerous bolts earlier in the same phase. For example, if two units of Arcolites from the cult had already t- targeted a unit with sorcerous bolts, you could add two to the wound rolls of the third unit that did so. So it stacks the more units uh, target the same the same one. Uh, they also gain an extra spell called Flickering Fires of Zench. has a casting value of seven. Pick a visible enemy unit within 18 inches. Uh, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, roll a dice for each enemy unit within three inches of the unit you picked. On the roll of four or more, the unit being rolled for also suffers D3 mortal wounds. So you could sort of bounce mortal wounds through compact armies if you got lucky. So. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's one of those ones where, for me, I'm not going to take Kyrokakalites in my lists. Um, it's just, yeah, it's there's other stuff I want to take. I've already got quite a lot of the demons, um, and I like the Skyfires, so that's probably what I'll be adding to my existing model collection rather than the Acolytes. But if you want to run the Acolytes, um, I think they're a bit expensive um, for the the light armor and the wounds. I think, are they 140 for 10? Um, yeah, they're the second class horrors, and I think horrors are way better. Yeah, because they're not wizards, um, and the horrors are wizards, and also have the shooting attack and the combat attack, and can do the split, which gives you a lot tactically in terms of being a really solid blocking unit, um, which we'll discuss. Um but this battalion, I think, on the face of it, it's quite easy to just read it and not really understand how powerful it could be. Because um, yeah. you have to take two units of Acolytes, and each of those units has to have at least 20 models. So the minimum you're running is 40 Acolytes to do this. Remembering that the Witchfire Coven gives all those Acolytes a Sorcerer's Bolt attack with the hero phase and the shooting phase. We've already said if there's a wizard nearby, they'll be hitting on fours. So you've now got minimum 40 models shooting in the hero phase and the shooting phase hitting on fours. And then with the arch pyromancers, you can, because you can add any number of additional Zinch Arcanite units to the pyrophane cult, you could take more units of Kyrokakalites as well. Although they won't get to shoot in the hero phase because they wouldn't be part of the Witchfire Coven, um, although you can add more Witchfire Covens to this, actually. So they all could yeah, be part yeah. of that. So if you took, say, another Witchfire Coven, so you have four units of 20 Kyrokakalites, you've got 80 guys there that can shoot in the hero phase and the shooting phase, and then every time 
you've used one of the units against an enemy, you get to add one to the wound rolls. So by the time you get to unit four, you're going to be wounding on twos, if not ones. And yeah. you'll do a lot of damage, because that's kind of 80 shots in your hero phase, 80 shots in your shooting phase. Your wound rolls are progressively moving from fours to threes to twos. Um, and it's all at 18-inch range if you put the scrolls in. So you can actually kick out a lot of damage from normal guys here. Yeah. Yeah, it can be a very strong formation. I think stronger than people would probably think just by looking at it, like you say. Um it's yeah. It's not something I'll personally run, but if people have got a lot of acolytes and things like that, it it can actually be stronger than I think initial glance suggests. Yep. Cool. So that was quite a detailed run through of all of the the good stuff in the book. That is the additional things that you don't get um, from just looking at the war scrolls. Um, so we won't. We've been going for, I think, an hour and a half at this stage, so we won't go into loads of detail um, on individual war scrolls other than to just explain a couple of the little tricks, I guess, from some of the, the war scrolls that are newer or might have changed. Um, yeah. Mainly, just because I touched on it, the what you can do with the horrors. Um, so pink horrors, blue horrors, and brimstone horrors. Um, yep. Basically, when a pink horror dies, you can split it into two blue horrors you're going to need reinforcement points to use these but if somebody wipes off say five pink horrors you can split those five and set up a unit of ten blue horrors um, within six inches of the pink horrors um, and ten blue horrors is only 50 points and you do it at the end of the phase um, when they're killed so and then blue horrors can then split again into brimstone horrors so every time a blue horror dies you can split it into a brimstone horror again you can only kind of do one at a time um if you if you only split one it will use all of your reinforcement points for a unit of 10 so you're better off trying to wait until people wipe out a bunch of them um but yeah. again 10 brimstones is only 40 points and the key to this is that it happens at the end of the phase so they have become effectively one of the best blocking units in the game because if someone wants to charge a unit and they're going, right, I have to clear off, even if it's only five pink horrors you've got holding an objective and they know they need to kill, they just need to wipe out the models on that objective to win the game. If you've got five pink horrors on that objective and you know you've got 90 reinforcement points or even 50, you're laughing because yeah. basically you can do, you can just completely leave that unit alone let them run in, obliterate it with whatever they have in close combat, and then at the end of that phase, you can just go, cool, those five pink horrors are splitting into a unit of ten blue horrors, set them up, and it's at the end of the phase, so their units don't get a chance to kill them, so they haven't cleared your models off, you're still holding that objective, and you've actually increased your amount of models you've got. Yeah. And then, you can do it again. They can then charge those blue horrors, and you can split them into brimstone horrors. So, you can... Yes, it's going to start adding up. It's 140 for 10 pinks. If you want to split all of those, you'd want 100 points for 20 blue horrors. Personally, I'd probably just leave it for five. So the first five you lose from your horrors, you split into a unit or you save it till the last five or however many. And then 40 for your brimstones if you want to split. Um, you don't have to yeah. keep splitting down to the brimstones if you just want to leave some for the blues. But it's it's just a really cool thing. I think you'll start seeing people 
if they've got the odd 50 points or 100 points when they've written most of the things they want it's just leave those reinforcement points and just bring along your blue horrors ready to split because it's just so tactically strong in the objective game yeah um so yeah i think you'll see a lot of that um which is really cool you've got a really strong blocking unit there um and then the other unit i want to talk about is the cursling so this has this is the cursling of the old world who has now been renamed into a generic character rather than a name uh, a unique character so he's, yeah. he's now called cursling eye of zinch and you can take as many of them as you want within hero restrictions so he's got four up save and five wounds he's got an okay combat profile three attacks with rend one damage one attack that does d3 damage three attacks that do one damage with no rend um so vessel of chaos each time a cursling successfully unbinds an enemy spell he can immediately attempt to cast it himself even though it's your opponent's hero phase and if the spell is cast your opponent cannot attempt to unbind it so potentially that is amazing because if someone like nagash you can charge him into a nagash if they try and hand of dust or something like that if you get lucky and you manage to unbind it you can then try and cast that spell and with the amount of buffs to cast that Zinch armies can put out, you're probably quite likely to cast yeah. most spells. So if you just turn around, you stop Nagash and you go, right, I'm going to hand the dust you back. Like, there's just so many things. <laughs> or Curse of Years from Arcan, or any number of other wizards that have great spells. Just the fact that you're not yeah. only shutting their spell down, you get to cast it back at them with impunity knowing that they can't stop it if you get it off. It's going to make people with magic heavy armies quite fearful to cast their spells at you. Yeah. Um, so he's really cool. Um, his spell is called Glean Magic as well. So it's only a three to cast. So it's almost guaranteed casting as well. And you get to pick an enemy yeah. wizard within 24 inches. You choose one of the spells from their war scroll. Now that's important because there are there are wizards out there that can know other spells you don't get to you don't get to know them you only get to pick a spell that is on their war scroll but you roll yep. two dice and if you equal to or greater than the casting value of the spell the cursling learns that spell and can cast it so again it's just another way of being able to take spells from your opponent and add them to your arsenal which is really cool um and they also can attempt to cast and unbind two spells a turn for 140 points i think these are great characters yeah i agree that's that that flex, that tactical flexibility there is just awesome. Yeah. Um, so the next unit, I think, needs a bit of a... Just a quick run-through. I think a lot of people are aware that they can be quite good, but maybe haven't realised just how good um, is Zangor. Do you want to just um, talk through the Zangor unit, Luke? Sure. Um, so Zangors, um, I think they got quite a significant boost from the... Uh, the Silver Tower ones. Yes, the, they did. This release. <laughs> um, <laughs> they now have two wounds, six inch move, five up save, and still bravery five. Um, they have um, they're born in, in units of five or more models. Um, they have varied weapons, so they're actually one of those units that can still have mixed weapons within the unit as well, um, like three different types of weapons, which is pretty cool. Um, they can either have the a paired, paired savage blades, um, a shield and blade, or and then two in every five can carry a double-handed savage great blade, um, and they can also attack with their vicious beaks. 
So the champion gets plus one to his hit rolls. Um, the has the champion? Yes, the twist bray. And then the um, if they have paired savage blades, the they make three attacks rather than two for the Zangor mutants. And that's one in every uh, five. One in every five. Yeah. 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 Uh, then they've got their Icon Bearer allows them um, at the start of their hero phase roll a dice for each wizard, friend, or foe within 9 inches uh, of the unit then pick an enemy unit within 18 inches and roll a dice uh, the unit suffers a mortal wound on each roll of 4 or more so that that's pretty cool if um, well for yourself because you're, you're going to have lots of wizards anyway so you can potentially spam out a bit of mortal wounds in the hero phase from the unit which is nice yeah, well, and it's on um, it's on four up. So basically, for every two wizards within nine inches, you're doing, and you're doing a mortal wound to a unit within eighteen inches. It's actually really long range um, in the hero phase, yeah. just for having an icon bearer. Um, mm. Just because I've seen it online, take a dice for each wizard, friend or foe within nine inches of this unit. A pink horror unit is one wizard. Not every pink horror is a wizard. So if you have ten pink horrors in a unit, it's one wizard. You're not getting ten dice. You're getting one. So that's said. Um, yeah. <laughs> as much as the Zinch player it, and myself would love it to be that way, it's not that way. A unit of pink horrors is one wizard. It is not ten wizards. Yeah, it would be a little bit strong if it was that. If it was the other way around. No. <laughs> Um, so then, yeah. Uh, yeah, so then they have a Brainhorn, um, which allows them to run and charge, which is awesome for a unit that is very good in close combat. Um, like all Beastmen, they get that ability, which is cool. So one of the other abilities they have is the Arcanite Shield. So if you choose to give models uh, the Arcanite Shields, you roll a dice before allocating wounds or mortal wounds to a model that has an Arcanite Shield. On the roll of a six, the shield deflects the damage and the wound is ignored. Yeah, so that's really uh, so cool. That's, yeah, that's the same as that's the same normal. as the Ard Boys shield that they can take. Yep. Yep. Um, and they have uh, another ability called Arcane and Mayhem. If the unit is within nine inches of any friendly archive heroes at the start of the combat phase, you can add one to any wound rolls made for this unit in that phase. So that is potentially so strong with the Savage Great Blades if you max those out within the unit. You are wounding on threes with red one, two damage. Yeah, and also adding on even to your vicious beaks because then they're wounding on fours. And remember, if you take the Zangor Coven, you get plus one already. So your vicious beaks are then wounding on threes. Yeah. And that's just nice little combo. That's there. just extra attacks. Yeah. Uh, if they're armed with paired savage blades, you can add one to any hit rolls made for models attacking with the paired savage blades. I can see people more running the shield yeah. defensively for the blades. Um, they have Savage Unleashed, uh, Savagery Unleashed. You can make one additional attack for each model in the unit with its Savage Blade, two Savage Blades, or Savage Great Blade for every nine models in the unit to a maximum of three additional attacks per model. So that is so strong in the large units of Zangors. Yeah, that's why that last ability just suddenly pushes Zangor to really really solid units at 30 um, it's worth pointing out although it says a unit of Zangors has 5 or more models, in match play they come, it's already been clarified that they come in 10s um, for 
um, 180 points. So because they're two wounds each, that's 20 wounds for 180 points. Generally, most normal troops are the kind of 10 points per wound ratio, so 100 points for 10 or 200 points for 20. So 180 points for 20, you're already at a really strong position. You're already kind of cheap. Um, And then when you've got those shields that you can add in to let you deflect mortal wounds, you've got the beaks on top of everything else, which we've already said can actually be hitting on fours, wounding on threes. Um, And then when each model is actually making an extra three attacks with their main weapon, because it's every nine models, so as long as you've got 30, well, as long as you've got 27 or more in the unit, at the point you make your attacks, each one makes an extra three attacks. Now, with those Savage Great Blades, two in every five models can have those Savage Great Blades. So if you've got a unit of 30... Two in every five means you can have 12 because you've got six loads of five, so you've got 12 Savage Great Blades. And if each one, they start with one attack each, but if each model makes an extra three, you get 12 Savage Great Blades making four attacks each. So you've got 48 attacks just from them hitting on, did we say threes? Um, No, hitting on fours. Hitting on fours, but wounding on threes. At rend one, damage two for those great blades from Zangor. Yeah. And then you can. That's the way I would be running this unit. It's basically all of so those maximum number of models. Um. So twelve Zangor with um, savage great blades, and then eighteen with Arcanite shields. Um, I think it has. I think you have to have a leader. I don't know, and I think he has to have paired blades. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, maybe not. No, I think that's the way I'd run it. So twelve savage great blades, and then eighteen with the shields. Basically, all the wounds that unit suffers just go onto the shields, and you just yeah. keep those. You just keep those twelve great blades at the front, and you just you'll do so much damage. And remember, if you take it in a zangle coven, they get to fight in the hero phase as well and we're not even talking about the other guys fighting with the savage great blades like they get two attack standards so even the guys with the shields will be on five attacks each on fours and threes plus all the beak attacks like it's just nuts a unit of 30's angle will do so much and the fact that they can run and charge as well with that six inch move using destiny dice you can just guarantee runs, charge rolls, get them into combat, and you just know you're pretty much going to delete almost anything you touch. Just with that many attacks, with rend, with two damage each on those great swords, like, there's going to be super characters, like Alarials, Nagashes, Archeons, that are going to get taken off by Unit of 30's Angle, turn one. If they yeah. don't, if they don't, if they don't block themselves, if they don't create a wall, you're going to just see... 30s angle just delete anything yeah and they're only 540 points for for a unit of 30 of them which is 60 wounds yeah 60 wounds that are always going to have a six up save yeah they're and they stand a five up save which is not bad the the point no. the point where they're weak is that bravery five um mm. so if, if you come up against stuff that works off bravery 
um, and can kill a load and then just battle shock them, that's going to hurt. That's going to be the way to hurt them. But there's so many mechanics in this book for creating Zangor. The Zangor Shaman, for example, his spell yep. literally just lets you do mortal wounds and then for every model you kill you get to add Zangors to nearby units. And then loads of the battalions we've yep. talked about let you add Zangor. Um, so yeah, the Zangors are just a really, really strong defensive and fighty unit. Um, and then I think the only other real unit to talk about, which most people I think by this stage already know, are the Skyfires. Oh yeah. So I think you've just bought quite a lot of these, haven't you? I just picked up nine of these. Nine Skyfires. <laughs> yes, I did. So do you, oh, I mean, you, do you want you to talk through? You can't go past them, can you? No, they are. I mean, these were one of the things that Warhammer TV kind of leaked the initial info of in there. Ooh, yep. Zinch is coming. And yeah, they are just, after having the book, my opinion on them has not changed. They are just, the other than the Zangor, they are just a go-to unit. They just do so much. 16-inch um, move, 24-inch range with their bows. They hit on fours, wound on threes, rend one, damage d3. Um, but any hit roll of a six or more um, with their bows, the attack sequence just ends and they do D3 mortal wounds. So with your um, destiny dice, that's really strong, just being able to pick your sixes. If there's a Zangle Shaman within nine inches in the shooting phase, then you get to add one to the hit rolls. So actually that'll happen on fives or sixes. So again, if you've got those dice in your destiny pool and you've got a load of fives and sixes, you can just guarantee D3 mortal wounds at 24 inch range after doing a 16-inch fly move, potentially with another 9-inch hero phase move if you take them in the Skyshall Coven. Um, and then guided by the future, in the combat phase, you can re-roll all failed hit and wound rolls for the unit of Zangor Skyfires if no enemy units within three have attacked yet in that phase. So actually, these guys, because they're on discs, the discs are really good in combat. D3 attacks, 4s to hit, 3s to wound, rend 1, damage D3... So if you've got a big unit of these and you just charge them forwards, you've got a 16-inch move, 24-inch bow to just shoot anything behind, and then just slam them into combat, even a unit of six of them, you get six D3 attacks, and then they're hitting on fours, wounding on threes, rend one, damage D3, but they get to re-roll all failed hits and wounds if it's your turn and you just attack with them first because nothing within three will have attacked, unless obviously someone's yep. got like a... Um, a Quicksilver Potion or an Assassin or something like that that triggers early but generally against most things you're just going to be able to do so much damage with them at range and in combat um, yeah. and they've got 4 wounds each and a 5 up save so they're just they're just so good and again they're what 160 points for a unit of 3 uh, yes they are 160 for 3 so I can I can easily see them becoming the new storm things of mixed chaos get, um, armies as well. Yeah. Um, just that. Kind of like an alternative to the storm fiend sail combo that most mixed chaos lists seem to have. Yeah. Well, I mean, because if you take these, yeah, if you just forget disciples of Zinch pure allegiance abilities, and you just take nine skyfires and a Zangor shaman in a chaos list, and you opt for Lord of War. 
then these guys have got plus two to hit. So actually, fours, fives, and sixes in your shooting phase are just doing D3 mortal wounds straight off the bat at 24-inch range. Yeah. Um, and they're hitting on twos. And they're hitting on twos anyway. Um, mm. And so even if you don't do the mortal wounds, you still got rend one and damage D3. Like, a unit of nine of these yeah. guys is so good. Um, and then again, you can just chuck them into combat because that Lord of War is going to f- apply through the combat phase as well. So there'll be threes to hit, threes to wound, re-rolling both, rend one damage D3 on all those disc attacks. They're just, they're yep. so strong. Um, and the models look awesome, so they're going to be yeah. basically an auto-include in mine. And again, they have both Demon and Arcanite keywords, and I think that's probably done on purpose. Like, yes, it's the disc that gives them the Demon word, but it just means that any each army whether they want to go pure Arcanites, pure Demons, or a mix, they can include these. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah. With, the, with some of the spells we talked about, you can really have some nice combos going on with the Sky 5. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely some combos in this book that we haven't wanted to spoil everything um, for those people that really want to dig into it. There's, there's some really cool stuff in here. I think the main thing is just that it's so varied. Um, they've done a really good... I think they've actually done a really good job balance-wise because we've already talked a lot of your stuff, unless you go loads and loads and loads of Zangor, you're not actually going to have a particularly big army, um, especially on the demon front. Um, You're going to have some strength, but you're also going to have glaring weaknesses. Um, Like, your highest armor saves generally are fives and sixes. You don't have that many wounds, again, ignoring the Zangor. Um, It's it's actually a really well kind of thought-about balanced army where a lot of the formations actually make you... If you're trying to go for a very specific type of list, a lot of the formations will make you take choices you don't necessarily want to take in units. Um, Like, even that Zangor Coven, I don't want to take any Enlightened. I would just want to take Zangor and Skyfires. But if I want to take that Coven, it it forces you... Even if it's only 160 points for three, it's still 160 points that I don't really want to have to spend on that unit. Um, So... They've done a good job in terms of balance and and list writing. I think it's not going to be one of those armies that loads of people can just pick up and immediately do well with. I think it's going to take some good players to really get the max out of the list. But I think good players will be able to do amazingly well with this list. Um, Sorry, with this army. Um, But the main thing is it's just so varied. There are just so many different things you can do. You can do pure demons, you can do pure arcanites, you can do a mix... And then even amongst them, there's loads of different ways you can go. Um, yeah. And yeah, all the models are brilliant. Um, so yeah, I just... This Battle Tome's fantastic. Um, I think it's the best one yet. Um, and yeah, I, I, well, I think we know the Stormcast new big battalion's coming next. So it'll be interesting to see what that does. I'm pretty sure it's it's going to build on this, but... Um, it's got it's got a big task ahead of it because this is um, an absolutely fantastic battle time. So, thanks for reviewing that. It has been a long review. I think just shy of two hours, um, but we've had a good chance to go through a lot of the stuff in detail and hopefully discuss some of the tactical elements of the game. Um, yeah. And yeah, hopefully the listeners have enjoyed listening to that. So, um, thanks very much, Luke, for giving us your time to run through that, especially after our interview with you as the winner. Congrats again on on the win at CanCon. Um, I'm looking forward to our grudge match um, at the next tournament. At the next (laughs) tournament. I say looking forward to, although I know you're running Disciples of Zeech. So after this review, maybe I'm not looking forward to it. 
Um, but no, we'll see. Anyway, mate, it's been great chatting, and hopefully we'll have you on again sometime in the future. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on, and um, yeah, looking forward to our grudge match at March the Dam. Cool. Thanks, mate. Bye. Thank you. Bye.